You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Efridge. I just absolutely love whenever we get a chance to hear from listeners, especially when I hear from them offline, like if I have a client in my office and I'm like, how'd you find me? Well, I listen to the show, you know, and <laughs> and it's just the whole hearing from them, the impact sitting behind a microphone does blows right. me away. I mean, I, I love this resource and the ability and, to do it. And they feel as if they already have a relationship with yeah. us, even though we've never met them. It's like they already know so much of, of yeah. what we consider our wheelhouse. And it's so much easier to work with those clients, too, because it's like, OK, you get where we're going to be going here. Yeah, and they, absolutely. And they, and they signed up for that. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you're not sure where we're going to be going, welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio. Buckle up. Yeah, it's going to be a wild ride. It could be. We don't you know, sometimes we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of wild rides, I am still basking in the glow of the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway months later. Yes. Uh, I've been holding on to this testimony because I just think it's hysterical. I don't know if it's a man or woman, but on their survey, they wrote, I am like a contraceptive sponge absorbing all the life-giving goodness you guys provided. I just I laughed so hard. It reminded me of that Seinfeld episode, Spongeworthy. You know, hey. we're Spongeworthy. <laughs> Well, very cool. Well, thank you for taking some time out of us, out of your day to spend it with us. Yep. And we want to hear from you. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is how you can let us know because we've been doing this show long enough. I mean, I can't believe, Shannon, that Sexy Marriage Radio, it's it, it's almost five years now. This I month, was going to say, aren't you coming up on the five-year anniversary? This month will be five-year anniversary. I mean, so yeah. it'll be like next show is the right. five-year anniversary Coming up show. on three years for me. And, it's like, yeah, so it's like, wow, that's a lot of shows. That's a lot of information. But the one thing that is true is there is just pain and struggle in marriage a lot that that we just are faced with because of the design of marriage, because of the container of marriage. I think there's some things that are inescapable, which is what we're going to talk about today. Right. Because sex in marriage can be really struggle, a real right. struggle. I mean, the reality is what I was going to say is with this show, even though we're five years into it, three years into it for me personally, it's like the honeymoon isn't over because there's so much fodder. Oh, yes. You can still pull from. It's like we're doing it. It's, it's kind of like that Boston song. Feels like the first time. There you we know. go. <laughs> Shannon is now touring. And but, you can look at your, check your local listing. Sorry, go ahead. I promise I will not sing at the getaways. <laughs> um, but the reality is, is the honeymoon usually does at some point you know, uh, well, okay. in a marriage relationship. Yeah. It, but hold on. I, it, it, yes. The honeymoon ends, the, the euphoria ends, but I think we also have to recognize that doesn't mean something's wrong to me. That means that's what's supposed to happen. True. Because there's true. something bigger going on. And that's the only way we can talk about this topic is if we will recognize there's something else at work. There's something right. else at play. And it's right. how well do I want to confront that? So I think that this show is going to grab people by the ankles and pull them really deep okay. into these dynamics. So set the stage. Uh, 
Yeah. So we got this email and our hearts broke, but it was very indicative of many other emails that we've received at feedback radio.com. Um, this gentleman says, Shannon talks about healing the hurt, but if your spouse refuses to acknowledge your pain, she does not care to help heal it. Right. I'm incredibly frustrated with our situation and feel so misled. We were hot for years after we were married, but then she began taking things that were common in our lovemaking off the table until there was barely anything left. He says she's the queen of excuses for why we can't, but never looks why we can or should. I feel so cheated. She stole some of the best years of my youth and left me with no choices in the matter. I would love to demonstrate my protest by walking away, but I will not leave my children by choice. And she knows this and uses it as a license to be lazy with us. So I'm stuck. I can't leave. How, but how can I stay? None of this is a secret to her. But like Schnarch says, it's funny that people think if only my spouse knew how I felt. Better said, if only my spouse cared how I felt. Yes. Woo! This guy's done some soul searching on the matter. And, yeah. and it so breaks my heart. Like I, I, I so want to just roll out the red carpet and coax his wife toward a woman at the wall workshop. Cause this is exactly the type of dynamic that we specialize in is helping women peel back the layers and understand the root of why are you stuck? And why are you expecting your husband to just stay stuck with you? Why aren't you willing to look at how you can blossom and grow and come into your full bloom season of sexuality. And it is never too late. There was a woman in her late sixties who was at our last workshop that she had been, you know, I mean, for lack of a better word, she'd been frigid for over 30 years of their marriage and they had been married quite a long time. But by the time she was done with that workshop, she said, and pardon the expression, but she said, I'm so ready to go home and just have a F word fest with my husband. <laughs> Everybody was like so shocked, but she literally looked 15 to 20 years younger right. as she was declaring this. Like she right. just lifted so much emotional baggage off of her shoulders and just recaptured her vitality and right. her sexual appetite. That's what needs to happen. Right. But Corey, talk to us about the difference between knowing that your spouse is struggling <laughs> and the, caring whether your that's, spouse is That's the great, uh, the, there's so many things in this email from our listener and thank you for, yes. for letting us in on this. Um, but the, the one, and, and we're not gonna be able to do justice with this whole show because it, I mean, not there's, there's not enough time. Right. And th there's a lot that has to unfold and be dealt with, but I love the phrase of it's funny how that we think if my spouse only knew how I felt, that would therefore then change my predicament. Not necessarily. I come back to, because this is why I love Schnarch, because he helps capture of uh, something deeper going on. Because the thing that blew me away when I was learning all of this kind of stuff in grad school and then since was his statement of, we often think people do the best they can with what they've got. But that discounts the facts that oftentimes people don't. They know they could do better, but they don't. You know, and so we need to look at the darker side of this. We need to look at some of the other things that are going on to where, how do I look someone in the eye that I care about, quote unquote, that I love, quote unquote, and hurt them by not mm -hmm. offering something to them, by not helping them, by not accommodating, by not honoring them and just saying straight out, you know what? I don't care. And putting a muzzle and a leash on them such that they can't get it from anybody else either. True. You know, that that's the reality True. is you're expecting yeah. well, them not to no, go but, to anywhere else. But, but let's talk about not giving it to them either. Yeah, but let's talk about they can. 
every well, every human every human has that ability and i understand now we're talking about integrity things we're talking about character things and that's where these kinds of major dilemmas or gridlock issues in marriage become integrity development character development kind of things they refine who we are and how do i want to approach this that's empowering not trying to wield something over my partner not trying to get something just so that I feel better, but mm. how do I confront it better? Because what jumps out to me from this email is I want to demonstrate my protest by walking away, but I'm not going to do that. Okay. So my question immediately is if I was talking to the, the listener would be, how are you demonstrating your protest? Because I guarantee you are some way. Right. And maybe you don't recognize that you are, but there, I, I can almost guarantee there's a way that you are being underhanded, conniving, manipulative, or something, rather than straightforward, honest, you know what, this is unacceptable, and if it continues, I'm not sure how long I'm willing to stay, and I know full well that's going to put me in a really bad light, but at least it's all in the open then. Right. I think that it, you're right. If couples were more honest with each other about where their limitations are, because I've asked couples that question um, of just is there a breaking point for you? Yeah. I've never heard a human being say, nope, yeah. I'm in this forever. Regardless, right. I can I can hold on. Even if there's not a thread to hold on to, I can just balance there in thin air. Yeah, no, everybody has their right. breaking point, but, every single person. And that's defined by each person. And this isn't about trying to take the easy way out. This isn't, you know, it's, it's trying to recognize, okay, look, I understand these are real issues. But... How do we know how we can face them until we're really forced to face them? Because most of the time, if you're honest, most of the time we try to face our issues by finding ways around them just because it's easier. Is it called skirting? It can be, but that's also why I I remember a couple years back when we had a, a, a string of a couple different emails that made a comment calling me out with a frustration of, why trying to frame the low desire, high desire concept. And oftentimes the low desire could have more clarity on the type of sex they're having, realizing it's not worth wanting because what the high desire is pushing is bad sex mm, because they're not willing to really not give enough. Right, They're not willing, will, willing to give of themselves in their entirety because this isn't mm-hmm. about the sex act. This is a giving of self. Right. And you're talking about just a physical activity versus a mind, body, heart, and soul connection. Right. And I'm talking about a mind, body, mind, body, heart, and soul connection in the way you live life, that you got to take it out of the context of just sex and look at the context of the entire relationship. And so if, because if, when you do that from the whole of you, when you share the whole of you with your partner and how you live, that allows you to be able to stand firmly on your own two feet and say or declare, you know what, what we're facing is unacceptable. What we're dealing with and how you're contributing to it is unacceptable. And there's usually an element of truth on both sides that recognize, you're right. I see that. Because the best in us will recognize the worst in us. Because the worst in us denies its own existence and acts like, oh, oh no, I'm not, it's all you. or uh, So just because there's so many things that go on in countless marriages where this is at, at work you know it's the person that's got the thing the few that come to my mind right off the bat is the husband that suffered from premature ejaculation issues for 15 years mm-hmm. and constantly refused to deal with it and address it well his wife's going to get pretty frustrated because she's going to have this whole mindset of 
why do I want to do something that's over so fast? Because I'm just starting to get into it and you're done and you refuse to do anything about it. But he would always say, I'm going to. Yeah, you're right. You know, he's yeah, playing but there's it no off. Playoff for her. Right. Right. But the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, is not satisfying her in the least. That's not even a wham, bam. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> just like a, well, that's yeah, that's just a, it's over. And so now how do you examine foreplay? How do you examine other aspects of your marriage? Because we can get so, yeah, we can get so caught up in over sexualizing things, which is kind of like our fetish show from last week that, that we don't recognize this is a holistic thing of life. This is a character thing of life. That's not just how am I doing sex good or, or poorly. It's Mm -hmm. how am I living my life in a character defining way of who I am in becoming. Right. So Corey, I would imagine that the person listening who's really in one of these bad places, they are wondering, okay, with giving my spouse an ultimatum of, I have a breaking point, like Mm -hmm. every other human being on the planet, I have a breaking point. I feel as if I'm reaching my limits. If we can't work on our marriage, if we can't work on our sex life, we may need to think about working on the separation or even potentially long-term the divorce. Right. Talk to me about the difference between a threat and a promise. <laughs> well, the phrase for ultimatum is the only person being held hostage is the person giving it. Mm. Because if you don't say something and follow through with it, then what do you, you know, you, so if you say, you know, if I, if I say to Pam, you know what, if we ever have chicken Parmesan again, I'm out. <laughs> then you gotta be I gotta, to I have to, to be willing to leave it because it's up to her to, okay. I really love chicken Parmesan. So let's test your bluff and see. And then all of a sudden we have it and it's like, uh oh, do I follow through with this thum, or, thum, thum. or not? You know, so it's, I don't know, Hollywood, Hallmark, lots and lots of Christian books and churches try to act like ultimatums don't play a role in marriage, but they do. They, sure, are, they are there. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't just butterfly and rainbow this kind of deep stuff under the under the umbrella and auspices of of spirituality and religion because we're talking about human things going on here. We're talking about even, relationships. Even the most even the most rock solid Christian, even the leaders of the Christian world, they have their limits. Oh, and we've seen many who we all do the end of those limits. Yeah, we all do. And the the difference is are they going to own it? take responsibility for it and end well, leave well, or are they going to allow it to turn ugly? I mean, I've had to challenge some clients on this before of, you know, they're really active and involved in ministry, but yet their marriage is just a shamble. It's just, it's just a, it's a sham. It's, it's, you know, they're projecting this great image, but at home things are just so cold and broken and disjointed and all that jazz. But the reality is, is if that person doesn't own up to their feelings and say, I'm reaching the end of my, reaching near my breaking point, and we have to work on the marriage or else we have to work on the divorce. The alternative to that is to continue to live starved. And then what does a starving person do? They steal food from somewhere else. They wind up having the affair and then it ends ugly. And so I just, I'm all about encouraging people that if you feel as if you can't stay, you better, if you can't stay well, you need to leave well. That's a great a phrase that I've coined from my friend, Leslie Vernick, who wrote a book called The Emotionally Destructive Marriage. And you know, perhaps we need to have her on the show to talk more about emotionally destructive, because I do think that that's a huge dynamic sure. underlying sure. all sexual dysfunction is 
that there's some sort of emotionally abusive dynamic going on. But if you can't stay well, you need to figure out how to leave well because you don't want to end ugly. Because how many adults have we heard from who were so broken from one of their parents' affairs? Well, if they had never gotten to that place that they felt so tempted to have an affair by just addressing the issues in their marriage, maybe they could have turned that whole marriage around and left a much stronger legacy in the long run. Yeah, maybe. But I I still want to stay with the confines of what's being presented with with our listeners, just because there are gridlock things where what you want is blocked by what your partner wants. And so a lot of times what we do is we we suffer from the tyranny of the lowest common denominator. Right. So I have to, I'm expecting Pam to live to my limitations. And all I want is for couples to recognize, okay, so she there are going to be areas where I have limitations and I want her to live accordingly. Usually they line up pretty well with couples. That's why we last, right? As couples. Yeah. yeah. There's times where yeah, they're going to start to shift and evolve because of different circumstances and things that have happened in life. And then it comes down to how do I take the hit for things? That, are, that I'm okay with. Because how many times have you had a couple sit in your office, because I have this quite a bit, where they are in the midst of the dissolving of the marriage. You know, you know it's one of those, I, I have become a therapist that's almost the last ditch guy. Yeah, right. That they come right. to me if after- you can't help us, we're right. doomed. Well, mm-hmm. they've already filed paperwork, but they've heard, you know, let's go see Dr. Allen. He can may, maybe, maybe there's still hope or, or something. And so what I recognize is the pattern is there's lots of times where the partner that wants out, what they're really wanting is for their mate to see the, the validity of that choice because it makes it easier on them. So it's like, you know what? I want out, but I don't want to take the hit for being the bad guy that left. Hmm. So how do I try to figure that out? I make it so bad that you make the, that you kind of decide then and that way you're the bad guy, not me. Or, you know, and it's just we got to just frame it better to where we recognize, you know what? Let's talk about being grown up. Right. So if, if you feel like you have been misled, I guarantee you have, but you've also done some misleading. Right. There has to be shared blame. Right. It takes two to tango in right. any relational dynamic. Right. So now it's starting to figure out, okay, how do I need to look at this from a better lens on just, okay, what am I really being presented with? Let's go, let's go with the email of he's being presented with sex is down to the lowest common denominator. He's wanting something more fun, more involved, and hot and involved than it used to be. But now we've got to also look at the, the playing field of you've got kids involved. He mentions in, their, in the email there's been some pain in sex at times. So th- those are all little signals of, okay, how are those being addressed and have they been? Because if they haven't, well, then that's an easy way to make an excuse. And I get it. That's why you can make the, st- the statement of she's the queen of excuses. But mm-hmm. how has he approached these things that it's really, really upfront and not blaming? Right. Well, and I was wondering, how is she feeling? Like if it would be interesting if we had um, emails, the, the capability to get the flip side of the story. Sure. And those two emails came back to back where we could hear, you know, he said, she said right. type of a thing. Because I was wondering, it's like, well, okay, the, for the person who has all these excuses and reasons why, no, we're not going there. We're not doing that. What is she really feeling? Right. And, and it's not necessarily indication of pain in her childhood and all that. It could be pain in that current relationship Could be that, it, that if they've got kids, how much support is he showing her? How much freedom does he give her to cultivate her own life that where she can fill her, get her cup filled out there doing her own thing and then come home and just share the overflow with him. You know, it, it what, yeah, what, that, but that sounds like that's happening from the, she's a workaholic 
that you know so she's got some avenues that she's that it's off balance that but maybe she, she's just gone too deep into that and, and that's very possible because the identity yeah. that she gets from that is more than the but other or but you're assuming that she enjoys her work true because the whole thing of you know there's a lot of women who have a lot of pressure financially to bridge a pretty significant gap between his income and their bills so just to say that well she spent so much time at work that doesn't necessarily fill her cup right is, is no, there an opportunity it. for her to fill her cup and come home feeling as if she loves her life now she's ready to love her husband love on her kids like women need more than just the monotonous day-to-day of getting things done and taking care of everybody else's needs they, they're a person too. Right. And just like it, like it used to drive me crazy. Women who would say, well, my husband works hard all week and he works 50, 60 hours a week. So on Saturday, of course he wants to go out and play golf for eight hours. And then of course he wants to watch the football game and take a nap on Sunday. And I'm like, what's left for you? Like, right. why does, why is your whole marriage centered around what he needs? What about what you need? And, and so I, I do think that every, every couple has to be honest, not just about what they want and need and expect sexually, but also what they want and need and expect just emotionally as a person. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And how do you bring that to the forefront in a more solid way? How do you bring that to where you say, to where you can say to your to your spouse, "This is what I'm longing for. This is what I'm interested in. This is what I want." Because too often, the way we go about doing it is we try to steal your choice. You know, I, I try to steal my wife's choice, or she would try okay. to steal. Okay, the example. So for years, Pam would get on me about TV and how much we would watch, and I knew. Every six weeks or so, there would be a big blow up. I, you know, I'm smart. She's smart. We we knew that we knew the you way this thing plays. Your watch to it. I almost could, and so, but I also knew it would pass. It would just be based on a, a a mood or a reaction to something, and so I could weather the storm for a day or two of her kind of griping about it and being upset about it, and then I wouldn't have to really change anything because she would just go back to her normal ways because that's what systems do. But after a year or so of this and us kind of learning this whole crucible mindset of marriage and what it's, what's really going on, how this is presenting something that's for both of us to confront better, she came to me one Sunday afternoon after the TV had been on for a while watching The Masters, so it was in April, and she says, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of how much time I'm spending watching TV. I'm going to start doing things that are differently. You know, I'm going to start going out. You on said the- that? No, she said that to me. I'm tired oh, okay. of how much time I'm spending. Because the way she would okay. phrase it before is, we watch too much TV. And what she's saying is, is if you would change your TV habits, that would make it easier for me. Which sounds a little codependent well, in that it's Well, I don't, I don't hear it. As, she took ownership and yeah, said, I'm going to do something. I don't, hear it as co- I don't hear it as codependent. I hear it as manipulative. And that's what we all are. Yeah, we yeah. all are. If you, early. <laughs> right. If you would just do this, that would make it a whole lot easier for me, you know, and so but we phrase it under this whole we because we think if you just understood where I'm coming from, you would care. And when it gets right around when we start really meddling with each other's lives, we start realizing, no, 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 I care about you, but I care about me, too. And sometimes even more than you. So yeah. I'm not going to change some of the things I really enjoy and you're going to have to suck it up. And. So that's the kind of stuff that we do, and that's what marriage is designed for, in my mind. So she came to me and said that of, I'm ch- I'm tired of how much time I'm spending. I'm going to start doing things that are different. Sometimes I'll take the kids with me. Sometimes I won't. They'll be your responsibility. But I'm going to start doing what I do different, you know, a little different. And so when she said it that way, 
being smart, I was like, oh no. She just that took, means you got to buck up and do it too. <laughs> she just took charge of her. Now I get to sit back and see, is she going to really follow through with that? And now yeah. I also have to then start to examine. We don't see at that point, we didn't see each other a lot during the week because of schedules and work and kids and everything. So weekends were, were prime real estate for us. So it was one of those, if I want to spend time with her and she's going to go out and start doing things, I've got to examine is what I'm doing important or do I want to be with her? Mm. So now it's the game of really playing it in married life better because we're realizing how we have to confront two people and their own preferences and their own desires from the best in us. It takes us back to our show topic of now that you know that she wants to do something different, do you care? Yeah. And, and is it, do you care enough to shift what you're doing to meet her where she is? And there's times where I don't care. You know, she's like, I'm going to go do this. And I'm like, have fun. I'm going to yeah, stay here <laughs> and watch this or do this. Or I've got this plan because I don't know when you add the spiritual religious, well, better phrases, religious component of the two shall become one. We get caught up in this whole, there should be, we should be so close and in sync. And, and it's like, hold on. No, you shouldn't. You know, we're still, yeah, we're still two separate beings. And if I want to really have freedom to choose, I've got to present something worth choosing. Right. And the way I do that is from the best in me. It's from the solidness in me. Yeah. But it's one thing when we're talking about just activities, how we spend our time, that sort of thing. But when it comes down to the sexual relationship, I mean, it kind of takes two to do that. I mean, I realize that you can have solo sex, but we all know that that's not nearly as gratifying as when we have an eye to eye, face to face, body to body encounter with another human being. So going back to what, what does the spouse do when they know that their spouse knows what they want and hope for and long for and crave, but they just don't seem to care. What's your advice to them, Corey? That's where we start getting into the deep soul searching of, okay. So if I'm the one that is trying to push for the way things used to be, or at least a modicum of it, or creating something better, then I have to be willing to really examine how deep and far am I willing to go with this? You know, because both of you know what's going on. He he alluded to it. She knows he's not going to go anywhere. So why, where's the impetus to have to deal with that? She knows he's not going to go anywhere, but we all know that when those kids leave for college, that's when so many marriages right. fall apart right. because there's really no reason. Right. You know, there's no more justification. If I have to stay, I have to stay. Right. And so, but that's where it becomes an individual thing of, okay, so you are facing a really tough spot, sir. I mean, that's, let's just keep it on him because he's the one that emailed right. us. Yeah. So you have to really examine what is the deal breaker. And what are the better ways to deal with that up until that point? And then you have to decide. Because so often we go down, our, you know, the brain just goes to the worst case scenario. It follows the trail all the way to the end. And, it, and so we get into this whole, oh, but if I do that, then I'm going to have to do that. It's like, well, no, not yet. I think you can still start to say, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I have to hold, know a whole lot more to really be able to give good counsel here because otherwise I'm speculating. Yeah. But what I think of it is, with couples I've had in my office where they have reached something like this to where the husband, and let's just keep it in the same context of husband, wife, the husband is, is longing for sex to be back on the equation. 
to back into the life. He's not willing to leave over the deal because there's more involved, but he's trying to figure out how do I at least maintain a pressure of it? And he's, well, okay, one way is I move into the spare bedroom. I'm not leaving the marriage. I'm still here as a, as a father. And I'm making a statement. And the statement's pretty big because now my kids are going, Dad, why are you sleeping in there? Well, Mom and I are fighting over a couple of things. Really, what? And if they're old enough, maybe you, tear, you, you probably don't ever share. Well, she doesn't. she's not willing to have enough sex with me. You know, that's not typically. Or you just say to your kid, that's none of your business. Right. This is, this is a mom and dad. <laughs> this is a husband and wife thing that between us. But right. this is a big enough deal that I'm willing to at least do that and see what happens. Because we have to be willing. If When we hit gridlock issues, our only recourse, Shannon, is I make a move. And I see how my partner responds. Right. That's all I can do. As I take Action a step, I take a step, I see what they do. They respond to my move, then I respond to their response. That's the whole process. Right. We usually just speed that up, and that's where it starts to get so painful and, and ugly because we're just rarely reactive. Rather than the example I gave of Pam coming into the kitchen saying, you know what? I'm tired of how much time I'm spending watching TV. Now, she just changed the whole dynamic because she took charge of what she can take charge of. So now she's got to have to confront it and see if she really does it. And then she starts to see, what do I do about that? Because if she would have gone down the path of, I'm going to be gone every weekend and you're going to be at home, apparently. Well, now she comes back at me later and say, we don't ever see each other. This is not the kind of marriage I want. What do we want to do about that? What do you want to do? But here's what I want to do about it. And then you start to see. Yeah. And so these are just tough soul searching conversations that, I don't know, when we can have a little more solidness to us that allows us to confront it better. And it's not that we get our way, but at least now what we decide to do starts to become a little bit more no brainer. Yeah. And that's the goal. Taking ownership of your feelings letting your spouse know that you do have a breaking point, uh, all really important steps. Yeah, Corey, I know that sometimes couples can just get so in the thick of it that they can't see the forest for the trees. And sometimes they need a mediator right. to help them peel back the layers right. and you know, kind of just help them communicate much more effectively. So we just want to remind everybody, we're not just radio show hosts. Yeah. Corey's counseling, my coaching. If you need to reach out to one of us to just to help you navigate these rough right. waters that you're going through right now, that is our passion. We also speak. If you have a, a larger church that you would like to bring the both of us in to do a marriage conference yeah. all weekend and talk about some of these dynamics, we would love to connect with your, your congregation that way. And also Corey's mastermind, husband mastermind group, look into that for some practical help for, for where you are in your life. Consider a Women at the Well workshop. I'm going to offer another $100 off coupon to those listeners for the November workshop that we have coming up in Tyler, Texas, November 6th through the 9th. So we want to help you, but thanks for giving us 30 minutes of your week to see how much how much goodness we can sow into your life during just yeah. that little time slot. Yeah, just because this is tough stuff. I mean, marriage has some really, really tough issues. And so you're not alone in facing them. And we want to walk alongside you. So thanks for taking some time out with your day each day, each week to spend it with us. And we hope to see you next time. We love you for listening. If you've benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a member of the Bed Buddy Club. Your financial support will help take Sexy Marriage Radio to the next level and enable Corey and Shannon to strengthen many other couples. Learn more at SexyMarriageRadio.com by clicking on the purple button.